Welcome back to Living More of a Life, the podcast which aims to raise awareness of the issues that stop us living more of a life. My name is Jane Tarrant and I'm your host and today I'll be speaking with Chanel Clapham. Chanel is the founder and chief digital strategist at Parachute Digital, where she connects people who care with the causes they care about. She's changed the structure of her company more than once in order to ensure that she's being true to the way in which she feels that she wants to work. In this particular circumstance, she's introduced a four day work week, not just for herself, but for her entire team and at the pay of working five days. We discuss how this is done and what benefits come from it. We discuss whether we're going to see more positive change for self-care and family time if more female leaders are at the front. We also discuss the differences between Australia and England and where we have differences in shared parental leave versus their parental leave and how this affects how we perceive men taking time off work in order to support their children or to support their wives to earn more money than them. What does it mean to you to live more of a life? I was just talking about this with one of my uh, team members today. It's, you know, actually using your life for something that is enjoyable or purposeful or meaningful. I can be a bit judgmental at people that are happy with a life watching television and, you know, not really doing very much. And I'm like, that may be how you want to live your life, but I don't think that's a very full and well-used life. Fair enough. And so that's what you aim for, basically, to to make sure you've got that fulfillment and that uh, and that positive side to it. Yeah, well, I just like, you know, there's an incredible amount of things you can learn and places to go and people to speak to and different ways of looking at the world. And I think if you don't make the best opportunity to explore that, it's a waste. Fair enough. Love it. What have you changed at work and what was it that made you want to do it? So as of the 6th of July 2020, I made Parachute Digital, my company, a four-day work week company. So what that meant was that everybody got full salary, whatever salary they were on as a, you know, pro rata or as a full-time wage, they would get that same salary for working 32 hours a week instead of the usual 40 and the reason that I did it was mostly because I wanted it for myself um, and because I just that sort of feeling that we don't have enough work-life balance that most of us in Australia, I think we're the second um, ranked in the world for countries for the amount of hours that uh, the average person works each week. Um, and I'm very driven by my work and I own my own business and I started my business so that I could do the type of work that I wanted to do, that I could create my own destiny. And I think I'd just kind of been going through the motions the last couple of years where I would spent a lot of time doing what other people wanted me to do rather than what I wanted to do, whether that was in 
um, a project setting or with a particular type of client or just um, in how I spent my time during the week. Like I was pleasing other people a lot more and I wanted to put myself first um, and my team were a highly skilled, they're highly professional, they're highly productive and so I felt like we could do it. Um, so I wanted to give it a go. And tell me about your, you told me about a story before of when you went abroad for a while and that kind of changed the way you looked at your working week. Can you describe that? Yeah, so um, in at the end of 2017, um, my daughter was three and a half and I'd had the business for about five years and I'd worked incredibly hard. Um, when I had the baby, I only got two weeks off before I was back at work, kind of at least part-time and probably full-time within a couple of months. Um and I kind of got to a few years later and I was just like, oh, the business had grown pretty much 100% year on year. It was the, the demand was never ending. The team was growing. I had like 10 or 11 people plus me. And I was just, you know, like I needed to make $100,000 a month to um, just to pay the bills and pay staff. Um, and I got to the end of 2017, I was like, I'm not doing what I want to do. Like, I'm basically just a salesperson now and a quality control problem solver. I didn't feel like I was doing what I love doing and what I wanted to do. So I downsized the business, um, which meant having to make some people redundant. Um, and I decided... Uh, over the course of the next six months, my husband and I, I was trying to kind of run down the projects and figure out what I wanted to do. And during that time, our dog died and we just kind of went, we just want to live our life again. And I love traveling more than anything else in the world. So, and my daughter was about to turn four and we knew that we had one year before she started school. And we were just like, kind of now or never like let's let's just go overseas for a year um and I I expected to for my the work to dry up I expected to go overseas and um that after a few months that the projects that I had would sort of come to an end and that I'd get a few more little bits and pieces but I kind of just thought it would start to taper off but that didn't happen. Um, I kept getting work. I kept um, getting opportunities. And so that year away where I kind of expected the work to just peter out and I had savings that I was going to live off, I ended up still working about 30 hours a week um, while I was living in Argentina and in Mexico and learning Spanish and I was working mostly in the afternoons and evenings when Australia was online, when it was Australia's work day, 
but it meant that I had all day with my family. I had all day to go to Spanish school. I had all day to go visit the pyramids or hike a mountain or something. And I'd just kind of be home at three or four o'clock when Australia might come online. Um, and I said to people, like when I came back, like while I was away and when I came back, I was like, I never want to work full time again. Like that seemed like the perfect balance between life and work. Um, and so that had been in my mind when I came back to Australia in July 2019. Um, but, you know, I had to rebuild the business and, you know, we moved from Sydney to Hobart and I just kind of fell straight back into the same old, same old. and Society, I, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess just what I expect of myself, what everybody else is doing, what's normal. And then I had been, you know, I'd been thinking about wanting to work less and have a better balance again. I was just feeling very pulled in lots of directions and um, I went to a a virtual conference by Australian Progress, which is like a progressive industry body here in Australia. And one of the feminist panels that I was listening to, a woman named Emma Dawson was advocating for a four-day work week as something that she was actively campaigning for. And I didn't know of it as a as a movement, I it was just something that I'd been thinking about. And she made a comment that was like, well, we'd all be happier and healthier if we worked four days a week and everyone who thinks it can't be done, like that the economy won't survive or that businesses won't survive, all they need to do is go back and look at when the unions pushed for a weekend. There was no such thing as a weekend. People worked six or seven days a week. Um, and that was something that the unions created and actually campaigned for. And I looked it up and it was 70 years ago. So, like, no one in my lifetime, no one working today would remember that. We all just know a five-day, 40-hour week. But um, And I thought, well, that's so true. If we used to work six or seven days a week, and we've all adjusted to five days, so I don't see why we can't adjust to four. Amazing. And how have your team taken it? They love it. <laughs> um, so one of my consultants was already working four days, but she was at ProRata, so she's got a pay rise. Other team members, I gave them the choice if they wanted to work four days or if they wanted to work 32 hours over five days. Um Patricia has a young son who's 18 months old and she's like, I like to sleep in the mornings. I like to have a, a late start. I'd prefer to work five days, shorter days. Um, and my husband, Bruce, sort of works school hours around our daughter's schooling. So he does five days but, you know, shorter days. And Marcos and I, I'm a producer and myself, the sort of chief consultant, we both decided to go down to four days so we're now we're only a month in like today is the 11th of August so um, we're only five weeks in but I certainly haven't 
seen any problems with myself managing my workload. I'm very conscious of my productivity on those other four days and I'm on my best behaviour at the moment and I imagine everybody is, but so far so good. Amazing. And what has it meant that you could get done in your other areas of your life that you maybe didn't get done before or that maybe you felt guilt over before? I am going to the gym like I've gone each week I've gone and done a nine o'clock class so I've dropped my daughter at school which normally I don't do despite her asking me many times so I get to drop my daughter at school take her into her classroom where she delights in showing me you know her rocks and the routine she has to go through in the morning And then I've gone to the gym and I don't have to rush out. I don't have to leave before my workout's done. I don't have to cheat and, um, you know, do three rounds instead of five rounds because I need to leave after 45 minutes to get back. Um, So I work out as long as I need to finish the the session. Um, And I've just done things like go to the grocery store when I don't have to then line up in the big lines on the weekends and wait to get to the checkout, I can get straight through. There's less people. and But mostly I kind of come home and have a shower and it's almost midday and I maybe listen to a podcast or I can sit in the sun and read a book. And then I find like an hour later, I have to go pick Freya up again from school, but I get to pick her up from school and we get to walk our dog along the beach and, you know, have a nice start to the weekend. So I am, I'm definitely enjoying it, but I'm really amazed at how quickly the day passes. And I, I think how I was worried about losing those hours, but they just fly by. Absolutely. And are you one of those mums that experiences mum guilt? Yes. Not so much now, but it's mostly because of COVID, um, because of the coronavirus. I used to have to travel a lot. Um, I would be in Melbourne and Sydney and New Zealand and Brisbane, and I'd be traveling every couple of weeks. And now I don't have to travel as much now. And I think everyone's expectations have changed. I don't think my clients will expect me to travel as much. I don't expect myself to have to travel as much because now for six months we've proved that we can do all of it without that travel. So you've had a double whammy. You've had that, the COVID uh, situation that has reduced the travel and meant you're spending more time at home in general with your family and in your own sort of environment. But you've also had the second thing of you've actually taken an actual day in order to spend a bit more time on yourself and on your family. Yeah. And would you ever go back to five days and travel or five days and no travel? Um. I'll definitely go back to traveling for work and pleasure, but I now don't think I will feel the that it's an obligation or that I must. I feel that now um, we now have a proof of concept that we can do a workshop via Zoom and it's not as good. It's absolutely not as good. Doing any kind of creative or brainstorming work is not as good via Zoom. And I would always prefer to do those things in person and building rapport with people and feeding off others' energy. But I do know that I can do it. So when life clashes with work, I can prioritise life now. 
Um, And I feel more entitled and more confident doing that, that I won't be judged and that I won't have that guilt on myself either. And there may be some people listening to this that think, you know what, I want to make changes in my business, um, either for just themselves, if they're self-employed and they think that they can't fit their work into less time, or they might hire other people like you do, and, and they're concerned about committing to that kind of change and that you might never be able to go back. But yours is actually a trial, isn't it, for now? Well, I've told the team it's a trial, but for 12 months, because I think you, I think it takes a while to get into it. Like I've been noticing in myself that I'm really struggling to get going on a Monday now. And I was like, I think it's just, I'm an extrovert and I need to talk to people and I don't, haven't had any meetings on a Monday. And now that half the team aren't working on a Monday, um, it just means that um, I'm not, I'm having less interactions and I'm struggling to get going. So I was saying to my team today, I'm going to try and like put in my diary, like either make some meetings on Monday morning or deliberately just call some of my clients to go over things so that I get that kickstart that I need on a Monday. Um, I said, otherwise, I think I might shift my day off to a Wednesday so that I work two days, have a day off, work two days, have the weekend. Because for me, um, the three days, I'm just feeling so like dozy and lazy come Monday that I'm wondering if maybe three days off every week is um, just a bit too luxurious for me and I'm struggling to get in a row you mean yeah 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 Yeah. just struggling to get um get back into the vibe and I've never had that trouble before but as you say it could well be the lack of people as opposed to the lack of time or the the excessive time so I need to just try that um but sorry, I feel like I've waffled off. Um, you asked me a question and I don't feel like that was what I was no, answering. No, it's ideal. I love it. <laughs> so um, you asked me like what should, like, you know, other people, so was it a trial and should I, um, like how could other people consider this? So I've given myself 12 months. Um, I've given the team 12 months and I've been clear with them Um after the fact, so we we had a very open conversation. I told them what I was thinking about. I asked them their opinions, whether they thought we could do it or not, whether they wanted to do it or not. Um, we all agreed that we thought we could do it. And so I just sort of made a very, I just made the decision there and then and went, right, we're doing it. Um, and then, you know, a week later, after I posted on LinkedIn and I had 198 comments or something, And for about two weeks it went on, people asking me questions and commenting. And it was some of my closer um, working colleagues and sort of other consultants that I work with asking me how I could afford to do it and what it was going to look like and going, I've been thinking about that. Can you share with me your thinking? So I actually had to write it all down then and, and go, okay, what is this and what does it mean? And what are the nuts and bolts and what are my expectations of the team? What, um, because I gave my team quite a lot of perks before, like I gave them a roster day off every quarter. I gave them um, their birthdays off. I give them the days off between Christmas and New Year as extra leave. So they end up getting about six 
to seven weeks leave um, a year. So, Already. yeah. So I said, okay, with this four-day week, you don't get your RDO every quarter anymore because you're getting one every week. When there's public holidays and we're already down to a four-day week, I said we're going to have to play it by ear, like because when there's Easter or something where you and in Australia we have Anzac Day, so in April sometimes we could have three weeks in a row where you would have a public holiday each week, and I said I won't be able to afford us to do a three-day week in instances like that. So when there's a public holiday. If we're all on top of our work and everything's going well, then I will make the call to say, sure, you can have the extra day. But I said it's going to be a case-by-case basis based on our workload. It might be that when there's a public holiday that that's your day off that week. Um, But at least they they know in advance so they can make plans for that. Yeah, and I just said, you know, it's we're a professional services business. So what I've essentially done is... I have taken away 20% of our billable time, but all of our expenses are the same. Um, The business expenses, the salaries, which are my biggest expense, none of our costs have changed, but I've taken away the potential for 20% of our revenue. In fact, one person's got a pay rise, right? (laughs) Yeah. So, in fact, if, if we're not productive on those other four days, if you take advantage of this situation and slack off on those other four days, this won't work because I won't be able to afford it. It only works if we can maintain our productivity. So this is basically saying that instead of, you know, having five days a week where you take an appointment here and you go to the doctor that day and you maybe have you know, a lot of chit chats and stuff and less productivity over the week because you're tired or because you're burnt out, that by having that day off, there should be, we should be more productive on those other four days. So I'm going to, after six months, I'll compare July to December and see how our billable hours were compared to January to June. And then at the end of 12 months, I'll look at it again and just see what our income was, what our billable hours were. And because we're an agency, we track all of our all of our time. Um, so I at least know what our billable hours are. I don't always know what our other hours are. Um, so I've got – it makes it easier for me to measure if there has been an impact or not. Interesting, interesting. And for those who are kind of thinking, well, you know, this is great that one company's doing it, but this isn't the norm. Do you think that there's going to be a move in this direction now that people have experienced a different balance of their lives or the fact they stopped commuting and may have to go back to commuting or something like that? You know, do you think there's going to be a change? It may not be exactly a four day week, but the concept of getting a little more time somehow, you know, provided by the company. Well, I think anecdotally, because of the coronavirus, a lot of my friends that had made requests to work from home prior have now been told that they can do that indefinitely and that the rules have changed. So I do think businesses are changing. And so if there ever was a shift to happen, I think we're now primed for it because 
We've gone from parents having to homeschool their children as well as do their work. I think employers have understood that people, some some employees are going to be more productive working at home without that commute, without distractions, and some are going to be less productive based on personality types, based on um, the type of roles they have and, and how they interact with people. But there is a movement to go to a four-day work week. Um, somebody else that contacted me from that LinkedIn post was Charlotte Lockhart, who has formed a company called the Four Day Work Week, and she is actively campaigning and going out and talking to financial services organisations in the UK and in New Zealand and trying to advocate for a policy and a legislative change to a four-day week. Emma Dawson here in Australia is actively advocating for it. And so while I only stumbled across that by accident and um, it just gave me maybe the little bit of a um, kick up the bum that I needed to just make the decision, I there is a movement and I think it will, um, as as the women's movement increases and as more women move into senior positions and as more policies change to get more women on boards, to get more women in leadership roles, I think we will see that shift because they bring with them a more holistic point of view. And, I mean, just in across um, Australia and the world, the policies that have been put in place because of the coronavirus by governments trying to stimulate the economy and the restrictions that were put in place were still all guided by men. So one of the silly examples that I've heard here in Australia, um, which I heard Julia Gillard talking about on one of our current affair programs, she was our first Australian Prime Minister, um, is that one of the restrictions was that hairdressers could stay open, which nobody understood why, because of the close proximity, why they were considered an essential service. But hairdressers could stay open, but they could only have half an hour appointments. And the comment was that was obviously a policy decision made by a man because no woman can get her hair cut or coloured in a half an hour period. Like, any woman that goes to the hairdressers is not in and out in half an hour. And so, so many of the decisions that are made by our leaders, by in business or in government, are made by men because men are who are representing us in, you know, 80% of the cases, it's men that are representing. So I do think there'll be a shift, but I think it's going to be because women take more of a leadership role and they value and have to carry the weight of the um, the family. And I'm not in that situation. I'm not in that position. My husband is the primary caregiver in our family. He is the one that worked less. He is the one that um, has taken on the household duties. But it's it's not even and I want more time 
to myself, I want more time with my daughter. I'm jealous that he gets to go out and walk on the beach at three o'clock in the afternoon with the dog and I'm still working for another three hours. So I, I think women have a different perspective because in our society usually we are still the primary household managers and childcare managers and caregivers. I think and that's so- really interesting actually because we, we spoke about that once before and didn't your husband sort of say that it's not as easy as it looks oh, to do yeah, what he definitely. does? Well, he actually, you know, at one point was not full-time parent, but he was only working like 10 or 15 hours a week. And he he said, "It's I, I know I wanted this and I'm glad that I got the opportunity, but I it's too much. Like I want to... I want to work as well. Like I don't want to just be a stay-at-home parent. It's it's hard and it's um, it's exhausting and um, it's I, the balance is swung too much the other way now. And I think some of it is like he's a smart guy. He wants to use his brain, um, and he wanted to be a dad more than anything. And that was the trade-off he made. But after doing it for a year or so, you know mushing up food and you know packing school lunches and doing the daycare run is not exactly um stimulating work it's important work it's um you do it but it's a labor of love it's not you don't do it because it inspires you I think that's really interesting actually because I had um a daughter in 2019 and um she's now 18 months almost and I knew before I had children that I did not want to be a stay-at-home full-time mum. It was just something that I knew about myself. I knew I needed to be stimulated. I knew I needed to be able to have a focus on something that I really believed in that was sort of outside of myself or my family. But I am wholly interested in spending seriously good quality time with her, you know, as, as often as I can, you know, finding those opportunities to pick her up from nursery and and have some time with her then or to keep her home for a little while longer in the morning so she actually has breakfast with me rather than dropping her off early before work you know having a having the day to do that where I can actually spend an extra one or two hours when maybe in the morning it's a bit different when they come home tired and they're a bit narky you know you get that fresh-faced opportunity and I was able to share my parental leave with my husband, uh, which in England is a, is a new-ish thing. A lot of people haven't taken it up. And I think it's partially to do with what society expects. And, you know, that it's, so not, it's not normal for men to leave their role or take a break from their, from their career ladder in order to childcare. And yet my husband has loved it. Um, he's not in what I'd call a career. He's in what I call a job. And therefore, um, he's not really phased about the idea of taking time out. He was just delighted to. Whereas I think other men struggle with that of, of of stepping off the ladder for a moment in case they miss out on a promotion or whatever else. All the same sort of issues that women have struggled with as well when they have children. Um, and it is a really interesting sort of time to see the relationship that he has with her now 
is so much stronger than we ever thought it would be because he's had that time, not only from the parental leave, but then we've also had um, the COVID situation. And he's been lucky enough that because of his work, they have occasional shutdowns. So they occasionally get like three weeks off just in a block where they're not able to, um, you know, they have they have to have that holiday. But it might be a time when I don't necessarily want to have holiday as well. So it's been a very interesting situation for me to experience how we have become a massive team and I wouldn't say that I'm the primary caregiver but I wouldn't say he is either we've kind of got this point where we both have given time at different times and although he's on shift work so I become a bit of a single mum at times he's also able to pick up the slack at other times and that's really really nice and I think for you working the five days I was in the same boat um but I actually dropped to four days just before COVID um, because after about eight to 12 months of just literally no sleep and up six times a night breastfeeding and still trying to commute two hours a day. And I had one, one working day from the home, I think. And then it was just, it was just too intense. And I just, I got to the point where I thought I can't do this any longer because I'm trying to give everyone to everything to everyone. And my health is not going to stand up to that. And that was a really critical point for me and just going, hang on, but I still do my job in four days. Uh, I get paid less because obviously I've taken a day less, but, uh, but I still achieve a lot. Yes, I might be able to achieve a little bit more if I had a fifth day, but actually I'm a lot more productive. And when I get to work from home, I'm even more productive. So changes like this that haven't been normal in a society of nine to five, Monday to Friday, and you might not be able to find a job that was four days you might have to go for an interview that's five days and then negotiate them down to four days if you felt that you were confident enough to do that or if the, the company were open to it so it's a lot of change that I think we're going to see and I just hope that people are really inspired to push for it and that leaders are listening and that male leaders think to ask females uh, where they aren't making decisions for the wrong reasons they're just they, they're just oblivious to the other needs and I think that women all should also do the same if they're in leadership roles to kind of get an idea of what other people need um, if they're going to make a decision for both sexes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's interesting what you said about paid parental leave being split. In Australia, you have a choice, like only one parent can take it. You can't split it, but you either you or your partner can have it. It, It's called parental leave rather than um, maternity leave now. But Bruce said... um, that when he, when he told his work that he wanted to work less hours to take care of Freya, he definitely got a lot of shit for it. Like they would make fun of him or call him a kept man or, you know, call it daddy daycare and something, you know, it was all good humour, but he said there was definitely an undercurrent of, He was taken less seriously now. He was not going to get extra responsibility or extra credit or anything. It kind of signalled to all the, to his boss um, and all the men that he was, you know, just less of a contender all of a sudden. And Bruce has never been overly ambitious and career driven but he still wants to have purpose and meaning and feel fulfilled and he still did, he had been progressing in his career and as a result he left that job and came into my business where we thought he can, you know, be the 
owner of his own destiny again. And, you know, being a business owner when you have a baby really does give you a lot more flexibility to write your own rules. There are a lot of negatives about him coming into the business and us working together. It definitely affected our marriage. It definitely affected our relationship. But, um, it, you know, he was able to continue building his skills and his career through my business because I didn't have any of those hang-ups about, um, you know, his commitment or his abilities um, or his drive just because he'd become a dad and wanted to prioritise his daughter. And did it feel like going into your business, despite all the potential negatives that could happen, that that was really his only option because there weren't so many options out there for men like him that needed to work in a a, a decently paid, skilled role, but in a part-time capacity? I mean, there's part-time jobs out there. I work for a cleaning company as well as, as, well as um, you know, doing this and, and looking at setting up my own company. So, I understand that there's part time roles for people that want to have flexibility, but they're not well paid. You know, people don't pay a lot for cleaners. So when you have something where you've got skills and you suddenly want to go part time, there's this sort of void of of work. And although there are some companies that are quite open to part timers, I have kind of felt that there's it's the opportunity to pay less for higher skills. Yeah. And I'd say, and and it also that's why lots of women don't like in a, um, in Australia. There's a terrible statistic which I don't know off the top of my head, but the amount of women made redundant while they're on parental leave is in certain industries is un, impossible for it to be natural attrition. Um, so it. It's definitely a thing and so it forces women to stay in in roles or stay at a company because when you when you go on parental leave or you go on maternity leave in Australia, they have to hold your job for 12 months and they have to offer you the same role back at the same level and pay. However, if you don't want to go back to full time, they don't have to offer you the same role. They can offer you something else. So it's a way to get rid of people as well. So if you say, I'm a marketing manager and I want to come back three days a week and they say, sorry, this isn't a a three-day-a-week job, um, but the receptionist job's available, you could come back and take that job three days a week, which, of course, women don't want to do. Like They don't want to take a step back. Um, And lots of companies are becoming more family friendly um, and are far and like, you know, most of the women I know went part time without most professionals are able to manage it and negotiate it. But they might not be able to get three days. They may only be able to negotiate four. But um, there are definitely (laughs) a lot of malicious factors at play when women want to go part time. And in terms of men, yeah, I think there probably are less part-time roles. I work in the charity sector, in the not-for-profit sector, um, and you see a lot more of it, uh, men working part-time and men that have deliberately come into the not-for-profit space because they wanted a different kind of work-life balance. So I don't see it as much in my work, 
but certainly I, I see it in the corporate world and amongst my friends and, and my, my old life. One thing I think that I've noticed is that we are pushed towards starting our own companies if we want to have the ability to have less work days. And, you know, I've seen a number of people that are, you know, it's quite inspiring to see, oh, I had a baby and then I started my own business and now my life is different. And it's really inspiring, but not every woman feels capable of doing it. It's not that they're not capable of doing it. It's just they don't feel they are. And I think that's a that's a difficult point that, yes, for some of us who have the ambition or the willingness to try and fail and try again or you know just do our best because it's the only option or to do something we love and therefore you know it's just a natural thing to do for some they don't want to have to become you know self-employed or part of a limited company just so they can care for their child or you know what it's not even just about children here it's it's I want to be able to cook real food for myself and I want to be able to exercise enough that I feel good And I want to not be so stressed because actually all of that is important for my health. And without my health, I don't really have anything. So for me, that's even more important that I value the time with my daughter. But actually, I have a day at home where I don't look after my daughter. I look after myself. Mm. And she goes to nursery five days a week. But I still get the possibility of having extra time or she's sick. I'm there. But it's like those four days allow me to have one day where I spend time on myself. And I think so many women, men, anyone don't do that or get the opportunity to do that. And I was lucky that I've built my career long enough that um, I earn more than my husband and most of my female friends earn more than their male partners, um, just like yourself and and your husband. And it's one of those ones that things are changing, but are we going to have to set up our own companies in order to get what we need Maybe in the short term, but not in the medium to long term. And that's what I'd hope. Yeah. I hope that I, I hope that what we achieve in our own businesses inspires the leaders in companies that are more standard to see what can be achieved within a company if they're open minded to it and if it gives the opportunity to work more intensively and in a way that works for them where if you're eating well and sleeping well and exercising you're more likely to be productive on the three or four days you work whereas if you're doing five days and two hours of commute and you're exhausted then you're not really going to get any more out of somebody in my opinion yeah or you know and it's all life stages but no I agree like I'm at the start of the year I sat down and did my goal planning because I had kind of achieved all of the goals that I had set out for myself for the decade before so I wanted to sit down and kind of do some some goal setting for the next one to five years. And one of the things I like I put on there was that I wanted to work 30 hours, but that I wanted those extra 10 hours to be time to exercise and for me. Um, So that it might've been that like over the five days, I was just trying to work less hours, but replace it with hiking or going to the gym or swimming or something like that, like trying to do 10 hours of exercise a week. Um, And I don't – I'd probably be there if you include all the dog walking. (laughs) That's good. um, Yeah, so now now that I've taken the day for myself on a Friday, um, 
I'm having to get up earlier and to exercise. <laughs> but it, but you're doing it because you know you believe in it. That's why you did it. That was your that was your goal, and it makes you want to go and look after yourself because that's why you're taking that time. Yeah, I do, and I'm also I think some of it's a stage of life. I'm 42 now, so I have been working for 20 years. Um, I'm very secure in my in my career. I'm very secure in my ego. I'm very secure in what I've achieved. And so I feel like I can take a step back. Whereas if you'd asked me that when I was 30, I was still pretty confident and pretty secure in my skills, but I was not ready to take a step back. I was still motoring forward in my career. Whereas I feel like now... Um, I I don't have anything to prove. I've proved everything to myself that I wanted to and to other people. I know what I'm capable of. I know that if I wanted to shut down my business and go back to working for um, Google or a, a big digital, an organisation and running their digital, I know that I could be a leader and I could be successful in the corporate world again. I have no doubt. I know I can. Um, it's it's just a choice now. Yeah. Isn't it nice to have a choice? Yeah. And I mean, when Freya's older or when my next life stage comes along, if I want to reinvent myself or go and like aim for some other kind of leadership. But right now I'm happy charting my own course. Well, hopefully your future will be partially inspiring others to make similar changes to what you've made. I hope so. It's certainly inspired lots of conversations. It's, I've had at least, I've had several other business owners ask me details. So it at least got them thinking. Absolutely. And that's why I wanted you on this podcast, because I like to get people thinking and I like to look at raising the awareness of the issues that stop us living more of a life. During this episode, Chanel mentions Charlotte Lockhart, who co-founded The Four Day Week with Andrew Barnes. If you are interested in learning more about The Four Day Week concept and how the flexible work revolution can increase productivity, profitability and well-being, as well as create a sustainable future, I have included a link to Andrew's book in the show notes. If you'd like to check out Chanel's company as a not-for-profit needing assistance with fundraising or marketing, visit parachutedigitalmarketing.com.au. As always, you can access me on Instagram at incrementaljane or via my website, canidoitmyself.com. See you next time.